But uh, today, Dave Abdi and myself will be sharing with you guys today on, um, I think, a very relevant and interesting topic, and that is uh, miracles. Um, you know, what, what is a miracle? Why does it happen? You know, perhaps why doesn't it happen as much these days? You know, looking at the Old Testament and New Testament and, and today, how, how does it relate to us? Where does Jesus fit in? All those sorts of questions we'll kind of try to tackle um, from a kind of a point of view that makes everything join together. So Dave and I will kind of be discussing that uh, tonight. And yeah, so Dave, say hello. Hey, what's up? This is Dave. Um, so mm. Dave, all right, let's let's kick it off and, and and let me ask you to you, how can you define miracles? What is what does a miracle mean to you? Uh, very good question, Dave. Thanks, so Dave. Um, we were having a chat beforehand, and I think that was one of the biggest sticky points about this topic. Um, and by the way, there's going to be. I'm very mindful that. You know, we're going to touch on a lot of stuff tonight and probably people will have a lot of questions. So feel free to enter it in the chat. We'll have a specific time at the end where we'll try to address some of the questions and don't leave straight after the meeting because it'll be a good time to chat as well um, together. But, uh, but I guess when I think what we ended up deciding was when most people talk about miracles, they're actually referring to like the, the breaking of the, the, the natural by the supernatural. So in other words, I expect there to be, you know, uh, I expect there to be uh, a drought because it hasn't rained in, you know, a long, long time um, and the crops haven't been growing. But then God performs a miracle and the next day there's, there's a, a full crop and I can have a full harvest. So some kind of like, break in the natural order of things uh, th that is done by God, uh, I think is what most people think when they say miracle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, I think that's a good and, and simple definition for us. It's pretty much um, an extra extraordinary event that is not explainable by nature or by science. Um, which leads me to my second thing, you know, what is the purpose of, of miracles? What's the point? Well, I think actually that definition is pretty crappy. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I think that if you look at um, the what, like, first of all, if you are a Christian and you do believe that God made the world and, uh, you know, created us and created the universe, well, then by definition, I guess, everything is miraculous. Everything is supernatural. Everything is, uh, you know, the, the hand of God at, at work. But then even if you don't believe that God created anything, um, well, I mean, we now know because of, you know, our discoveries in, in space and things like that, we know that this planet that we live on is pretty remarkable. We know that life uh, existing is pretty remarkable, let alone uh, intelligent life where we can actually have this kind of conversation, um, let alone us as individuals. Like if you just have a look at like to make me, me, there had to be one egg and out of all the millions of sperm, one sperm, I had to meet at the right time, had to, and it had to be through my parents, which themselves, they had to be their own individual, you know, uh, 
perfect match of, of sperm and egg. So, you know, at every level, um, uh, you know, even from a naturalist point of view, even from like a, a very like just a scientific point of view, um, uh, there is the, the odds of us being here, the odds of us having this conversation, the odds of the planet Earth uh, being what it is, uh, it's pretty miraculous. So I really think that um, when we talk about a definition of miracle and you're trying to kind of say it's the breaking of the natural, well, you know, what the, the question isn't then what is a miracle? The question is what's natural? Um, and uh, there are just many, many things that um, are, are a part of us, are a part of, uh, of our society, our cultures, the way we think um, and, and the way we feel and what we do and what we don't do. That is completely not natural. That's completely outside of the realms of natural. Uh, there is absolutely no point in the natural world in terms of like survival, procreation, all of the, the natural things. There's no point for us to have this conversation. There's no point for us to try to figure out meaning, uh, you know, beyond. So, so yeah, I think it's a bad, bad definition. And I also think that, um, you know, when we, when we, when we talk about miracles, and particularly when people look at the world today and they say God doesn't do miracles, therefore God must not exist. Take a second look. Uh, take a second look at the world that you live in. Take a second look at yourself. Take a second look at um, you know what the heck you mean when you say miracle because I think that plain ordinary life uh, in the absence of some crazy event is actually more than enough uh, of an eye-opener to kind of make you search for the divine and that is why religion exists that is why uh, you know humanity from the beginning have always looked and said, hey, there seems to be something more going on here. Um, but we dismiss them as if they're stupid or primitive. And we seem to forget um, just how remarkable life actually is. I, I don't know what you think, but yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you when you said like, um, it happened, it ha perhaps it happens on a daily basis on things that go, you know, unnoticed and, and, and unknown, you know, just the fact that um, Jesus rising from the dead, that, that is a miracle in and of its own. You know, your birth is a miracle, you know, functioning, you're healthy. That's a miracle in and of itself. Um, and, you know, the question is, what if miracles are actually happening around us on a daily basis? And you'd probably, someone would probably ask the question of, you know, um, do miracles still happen today? And yes, miracles still do happen today. And God still has a hand in a lot of those things, but a lot of them tend to go unnoticed um, or perhaps even denied by some people. Um, and if we have a look a little bit more at, you know, the, the gospel itself and the life of Jesus, we see that most miracles were actually um, miracles of healing by, by Jesus. And yes, people were healed by Christ when he was on earth. But if we're talking about purpose, the purpose of those miracles was rarely ever to relieve someone from um, physical suffering. That wasn't the, the, the deep down root of what it was. Um, the miracle of healing when, when it happened during that time always pointed to a greater truth. And namely, that is Jesus is the son of God and he has authority to be able to do those things. Um, he never, Jesus never performed those miracles to, 
to put on a show or to to flex, as we say, um, his abilities of what he's he can he can do. Um, so, yeah, every, every miracle pointed towards the the truth. Um, and I actually wanted to highlight something that in I think John emphasized this point really well, and he referred to um, Jesus's miracles when he was on earth as signs rather than actual miracles themselves. Um, and I wanted to read a, a little part for us here from John 6, 26, very short, but it says, the next morning, uh, the people went looking for him. Jesus, however, is not impressed and confronted their selfish motives for seeking him. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Um, so when I read that, what I think is, you know, the people that were there during that time, they were seeking Jesus because they got a free meal. They got a free meal as a result of a miracle. So they weren't there for Jesus. They were there for what Jesus can do for them. And they were missing the point. And that's why Jesus highlights this, um, or John highlights this in the story of, of Jesus. You know, if, if Jesus would continue to feed them all would be well within that story but jesus however says that they did not see the sign they they saw the miracle yet they couldn't see past the loaves and the fish their their eyes were focused in front of them that they couldn't look further um, and this and that sign that jesus says and performed looks at a greater um something so yeah, they, they, um, they didn't see him as the bread of life. They saw him as fill my belly now. And I think we tend to do that a lot of the time. You know, we want the, the belly filler, not the other side of the vision, not the other side of the miracle of what Jesus sometimes is trying to do uh, through that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're touching on a really important point, which is perception. And um, like, I think that, you know, our perception of the world is that it is a place a, a, a place devoid of God um, or like you know I'm talking like particularly like an atheist or whatever their perception of the world is a, is just you know a bunch of random colliding atoms leading to random colliding events that somehow lead to random colliding lives um, and, and that's like the view, but then every once in a while that, you know, there might be a crisis, there might be something that they need. And so they wish there's a God or, you know, or, or they think maybe there is a God. And so let's pray for, let's call out for a miracle and the biblical view of reality, like the perception that a Christian is supposed to have, um, is actually completely the opposite. Um, it is that every reality is not a, a, a wasteland uh, devoid of God and the miraculous reality is the playground of God, well, not the playground, but it's the, it's God's environment. Reality is God. Uh, God permeates reality. God sustains reality um, that in him, we have breath and being, you know, and uh, the idea is that um, when we like have that perception then all of a sudden miracles happen every single day. Like the seeming random conversation you have with your friend uh, or with, you know, whatever that becomes a God encounter. And you, and you can actually recognize that. You can actually recognize that as the hand of God moving you. 
um, the, the desire to pray or the desire to whatever, even if you don't see the consequences, these are the things that um, when your perception shifts, um, you know, but, but going back to like specifically actually like miracles and like, you know, healing and feeding 5,000 people and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Like I, I love what you said about that. The purpose was to display Jesus as God, like the, his authority. It, it was to display, but not only that, but it was to, to display something far more profound. And that was, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Uh, you know, it, in fact, you could even say Jesus's miracles were his way of realigning our perception of reality, right? Yeah. You know, you view reality as you don't have enough. You view reality as like, I got to fight or I might starve. Um, I don't know where my next meal comes from. But no, reality is that God is God of the abundant who can provide your every need, right? And the idea is that when people become all about the miracle, they miss the reality. And I think that when we get angry at God, why didn't he provide the miracle? One of the reasons, I think a lot of the time will be probably because we would miss reality in, in, in a lot of the times. If we got our miracle, um, we would probably miss uh, the, the greater and more important thing. And God's not in the business of spoiling us rotten. Uh, God's in the business of having a relationship with us and wanting to actually see us and the relationship like grow and, and prosper and be fruitful. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, like a lot of miracles, uh, especially if we got what we wanted, not what God wanted, um, it would lead to our destruction and our, and our death and, and our detriment. So, yeah, I think, a lot of this is actually about a perception of reality and like, what do you actually see when you look at the world around you and you see your life? Do you see God and, and his presence and, and the fact that he wants to be good and that he's got a plan and a will and a purpose? Or do you see uh, everything you don't have and everything you think you need and you are desperate um, either for some intervention uh, because you think that it's all going to come crashing down around you kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and uh, one thing that I would also say on that is, you know, look to Jesus through the miracle itself. Um, there's a there's a quote that I read in a, in a book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan, um, and it says, I really love this quote, it says, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Um, and what, what I want to say about that is, you know, what is your life kind of looking like? Looking like? Are you putting yourself in sort of places where you're completely reliant on God? You're completely relying on, you know, where everything around you, where your reality says this is impossible. Are you, are you putting faith in Christ to say that, you know, if Christ doesn't come through right now, I'm going to be in trouble, but I'm completely okay with that. Um, and I think a life that gets to a point like that is so beautiful because you are fully putting your, your, your whole natural senses and everything around you to say you know what i'm not bothered by this yes my situation is weird my situation is difficult but 
I'm, I'm relying on a, essentially a miracle here from Christ, that if, if Christ doesn't come through in this particular situation, then, um, then I'm really going to, I'm, I'm really going to struggle. Um, and it takes that faith to, to move mountains as the, as the Bible kind of says, it takes that faith to not only grow yourself, but to grow your community around you. You know, you, you can come out with experiences that help shape others around you and your perspective completely changes because sometimes we look at, you know, things that directly happen to us, say, for example, someone who, um, had a, had a miracle that they were wishing would happen in their life and it didn't happen in their life. That situation has could either take you one of two ways. It could take you down a path where you say, God is unjust and this is not fair that he didn't come through in my situation. Or it can put you in another situation and say, this didn't happen, but I trust God even more because of this. I look back and say that I trust enough in his character and I know that he's able and capable but that doesn't mean that he has to do what what i want because if we if we if we know god enough we see him from the the other side of the mirror he sees everything that is happening if we believe and trust that he's the creator of the universe that we believe and trust that he he knew the amount of hairs on my head that he knows the beginning from the end that he knows who i was before i was in my mother's womb then I, I have enough trust in him that even when things don't go my way, that I still continue to trust in the miracle worker, the one who can accomplish these things, even if it doesn't go my way. Um, yeah. So that. Yeah. The, yeah. That, and, you know, like that is the most, I think, like if there's one thing that anyone should take away from this conversation, it is that, um, is that is that God is the one that we should be seeking, not the miracle. And uh, there, it's interesting because um, the Bible actually does give us examples of times where people do get the miracle that they want, and it leads to bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one example that uh, um, you know I was reading through was Isaiah chapter thirty-eight. Uh, this king called Hezekiah in the Old Testament. Um, uh, he's told by God, um, you know, you're, you know, you're going to die. Right? He's, he's warned by, now this was a good king. God loved him. He did great things for the kingdom and he followed God all, all his, the days of his life up until now. Um, and so God is giving him like a, Hey, I just want you to, to know, you know, your, your time is up, your days are numbered, uh, prepare yourself, prepare your kingdom like make the wise next steps, like make sure your legacy endures here, set the kingdom up for good um, when you're gone. Um, And Hezekiah doesn't take the news very well. I mean, I don't think, like we can't judge him for that. I don't think anyone of us, if we found out we were going to die, would be thrilled about that news. So he's, uh, you know, crying to God and and very upset and like begging for, for more time. Um, and uh, God gives it to him in uh, Isaiah chapter 38, verse uh, 4. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I've heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. And I will save you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will protect the city. Great news. Fantastic. God did a miracle. 
all that's wonderful. Next chapter, this is what we read. Uh, at that time, uh, there was another king of Babylon, um, uh, and you who know your Bible immediately know, okay, Babylon, these guys are, uh, are bad news for the Israelites, uh, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah, for he heard that he'd been sick and had recovered. Uh, Hezekiah was pleased and let um, uh, and let them see all his treasures of his house, the silver, the gold, the balsam oil, the excellent olive oil, his entire armory. So he is very like, he's like, oh, that's what a nice king. Oh, come on over. Let me show you everything and takes him through a, a tour of, of his place and his riches and, and all of that stuff. And then in verse uh, uh, three, Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, what did these men say? And from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, they came to me from a far country, from Babylon. Then he said, uh, then Isaiah said, what have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, they've seen everything that's in my house. There's nothing among my treasures uh, that I have not let them see. Isaiah then said to King Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord uh, of armies. Behold, the days are coming when everything that is in your house and what your fathers have stored up to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your sons who will come from you, whom you, you will father, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs uh, um, in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord which you have spoken is good, for he thought that there will be peace and truth in my days. So uh, summarizing that story, uh, this king, who's a great king, was, you know, did everything right, begged for his life, God gave him his life. In that, he gained this pride and, and uh, essentially started to become beholden to, uh, you know, these foreign kings. Uh, they're, they're like, like, he wanted to impress them. He, he had pride in himself, in his kingdom. He, he it's like, you know, death should humble you or, or coming close to death should humble you. And particularly when, when God gives you your life back, um, surely that should just, you know, but instead it did the opposite to this king. And, um, and so it was a sin before God. And, and Isaiah says to him, well, you know, that, that what you just did will have consequences. And those consequences will lead to the destruction of your kingdom, the destruction of your ancestors, and will uh, lead to uh, all of these things, all the things you're proud of going away. And, uh, you know, Hezekiah, this great king, decides, you know what, that's good, because at least while I'm still alive, it's not going to happen. And that is, that's precisely like eating too much candy to the point where you rot your teeth and make yourself sick. The, the, the miracle that God gave him led to not only, uh, you know, the warping of his character, but subsequently to more uh, damage to, to, you know, his kids and, and, and the, the future of Israel. So, you know, what, what are we after? Are we after the miracle? Are we after the, the, the magic show from God? We shouldn't be. That will destroy you um, if God grants it to you. But God is generally good enough to not grant it to us when we want it for the wrong reasons. But instead, what we should be after is he himself, the, the gift giver, not the gift. Um, uh, because when we are after him, nothing but life comes, even if it's not the, 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 the gifts that we want, it's the, the things that we need. Um, and it's the life that brings us true life, not, not a life that leads to death.
Um, yeah, and we see that over and over in Jesus's life as well, and in his his actions on earth. Yeah. Yeah, there are. I think there are countless examples, you know, in the Bible where there are miracles and there is things that divinely sort of happened, but it doesn't lead to what you expect them to. Um, and I'll touch on another one that, similar to the one you mentioned, I guess, Dave, just then. Um, but I think we live in a sort of day and age where people say, if God, you know, if God was only to show me signs or if God was to come down and reveal himself to these people, these people would accept. But and, my, and, and our answer to that is, you know, no, it, that's, that's not what it is. It's, it's very clear in the Bible that it's not signs that people need. People need Jesus. They don't need miracles. Um, and Jesus gave himself um, in that. And, and we read that in the example earlier. Um, but we find that miracles don't actually change people's views on God. Any miracle by definition is, is great. And at the time, it seems really significant and, and awesome. But it, it's not a long-term thing. And like, if I was to think in my personal sort of perspective, I think maybe parting the, the, the Red Sea was one of the coolest miracles in, in the Bible, in my opinion. Um, but guess what? The same people who saw God part the Red Sea later doubted whether God was able, able to conquer the inhabitants of the promised land. So you literally, with no, your own... No, it didn't even have, you didn't even have to use an example that far into the future. Uh, literally, like a couple of chapters later, they're at the foot of the mountain while God is there and there is yeah. thunder and lightning and smoke on the mountain and they know Moses is going up to speak to God. God, in, in fact, actually invited the people and they were like, well, we're too terrified. And they're at the bottom of the mountain. And they say, you know what? Let's make ourselves God. And they make a golden calf. The, the, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the stubbornness and the memory of humanity for God's goodness and grace uh, when manifested in miracles or in natural good things uh, is very fleeting and very short. And Jesus actually comments on this as well. Um, uh, he tells the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. And um, uh, Lazarus, you know, he's the poor guy on earth, but then he goes to, to heaven. He's with Father Abraham. He's having a good time. The rich man, he's a scumbag. He, he, he's in hell and he's regretting everything in his life. And, and he's still treating Lazarus like the, the dog poor guy that he thinks he is. And, um, uh, and eventually he's like, he recognizes that this is his fate. It's sealed. It's done. And so he says, Oh, please, you know, let, let Lazarus go tell my family, warn them that, uh, you know, that, that they need to change their lives just so that they don't repeat my mistakes. And then, the, the father Abraham says no they've got the prophets and and the, and the law you know the the bible they've got the bible and um and the, uh, the rich man says no 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 but if they see someone rise from the dead if they see a ghost or someone resurrected and come and tell them uh, if they see that then they'll believe and, and they'll change and father Abraham says no they won't no if they don't believe what in what they already have if they don't already uh, you know, go from that, nothing will ever change their minds. And it's such a terrifying, frightening thing. But, but it's also such a wonderful thing because the question, I guess, that's important is, is why? Like, why is that the case? 
Um, I don't know. Do you have a, an answer, Dave? Uh, I guess the, the human heart um, is, is corrupt at the end of the day. You know, we, we want to, to visualize. We want to see things happen in front of us. And we say, why, why, why? But we don't necessarily invest in the, in the character of Christ. We don't look further than the miracle. We, we want to see the superficial, the artificial, the things that happen in front of our eyes. And we think that, you know, believing is seeing, sorry, seeing is believing, but it's not. Um, seeing is not believing. And as you mentioned that with that example and with many other examples, it's not, you know, the, the, the human heart is corrupt and it's um, going to, to, I guess, trick you into those things. But no, um, Christ does not teach us that. And Christ tells us, you know, seek me and you will find me. Are you seeking Christ or are you seeking um, a hyper sort of movement to, to think, oh, that is cool or whatever? And mm. I think not maybe nine times out of 10. I want to say 10 out of 10, but I won't. Um, when you are seeking sort of a, a divine thing, but your heart is not in the right place and, and you just want to see something, a magic show, Christ is not going to reveal himself in that moment because your motives are wrong and your perspective of, um, of who Christ is and him being, you know, like just a performer in a market street. Um, that's not who he is. And he's not going to reveal himself in that, in that sort of moment, because that is not who he is. It's biblically inaccurate and, and, and not right. And to add on, you know, another example from, from what you just mentioned as well, um, when Jesus raised uh, Lazarus from from the dead, literally, um, the 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 Pharisees were there, and uh, the people saw what was happening. He literally raised a man from the dead. He told them come out, and he came out. And then a second later, not even a day later, a moment later, um, they start plotting to kill Jesus. Of you know, how can we kill this man? How can we destroy him? Um, you're, you're looking at perfection. You're looking at a faultless man who has done nothing wrong for the duration of his whole life and you are still trying to kill him. And yet we live in a today, day and age where people tell you that, you know, if Jesus was to come down and prove himself, everyone would believe and me, myself included, would believe in that. No, you wouldn't. You, you simply would not. If um, we look at the Bible and what history tells us in that, when Jesus was on earth doing those things, why would it be any different today? It's not. Um, so, yeah, seeing, seeing is, is not believing. Yeah, and, and to add to that as well, and, and I think like the answer that I have to my own question is that um, it, it's about relationship. Uh, you ima imagine, imagine when uh, I, I imagine I have magical powers, okay? And I am trying to uh, court my, you know, Sarah, my, my now wife, but like while we were dating, I'm trying to like, you know, get her interested in me. And imagine if I, I knew it, Dave. I knew it. <laughs> imagine if I could read her mind and every instant that I knew, like saw, read her mind and knew what she wanted, I made it magically appear in front of her eyes. That That's not love like if she turns around and and says yeah i'll marry you because of that that's not love that's not that's manipulation it's nice manipulation 
but it's manipulation. It's not a relationship. Um, uh, and this is the reality of, of who God is and what, what he wants with us. He doesn't want to manipulate us, even in the nicest possible ways. He doesn't want to manipulate us. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, what we have is, sure, maybe it's the bare minimum, but it's all we need. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. God is abundantly gracious and abundantly uh, generous in his love and in his provision. So he will actually meet you where you're at. He will actually, uh, you know, he will actually like try to tear down the barriers between you and him, but he won't do it while violating uh, your ability to actually choose him. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, like it, it, it's also a very cheap thing too. Like if, if I want to be, if I want to be in a relationship with someone just because they give me everything I want, um, that's a that's a messed up kind of relationship and it's a relationship that, that will only ever be shallow if my daughter only ever loves me because i give her lollies or whatever I, that's not a good like, that would break my heart like that would not be a good thing at all and so the depth of our relationship with god um it it actually comes not in the miracles it comes in the absence of the miracles and that's precisely why yeah, sure, in the early church, you read about all these miracles, but you also read about all the persecution, all the hardship, all the suffering, all the pain, because it is that that drives the relationship. It's that that makes you trust God. It's that that makes you depend on him because he's all you have. And it's that that actually grows uh, your faith, but not just your faith. It grows everyone else's faith around you. It, it becomes a source for others to, to take a hold of and to actually come to learn more about God, God and love him more as well. So, um, yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, if, yeah, like God does not want to violate uh, his ability to have a relationship with us and, and, um, and he will not let a miracle get in the way of that. Um, yeah. Um, one, one last thing that I'll add on, on this sort of, particular thing that we're talking about is we, we simply don't need more miracles we we don't need miracles um, what we need is to believe in the miracle of salvation salvation through faith in, in, in Jesus Christ that's what we need to believe in you know Jesus performed countless miracles but the majority of people didn't believe in them you know if God performed miracles today just as he did in the past the result would be the exact same thing and yes people would be amazed but it would be a short time thing. Um, it wouldn't really last. And a faith that is actually built on that is shallow. And it would take a moment for all of that to disappear, for, for, for something to occur into their life. And in an instant that is eliminated and gone. Um, so a faith based on that is not a mature faith. It's not a faith that is um, strong with Christ. So in a sense, miracles aren't actually necessary. You know, Jesus has done enough um, for miracles to not even be required today. Um, and even though he still does do miracles today. Yeah. And I think, I think we should probably like stop bashing miracles now and actually <laughs> like potentially talk about um, like 
what what maybe if you got a story or two about miracles he's done in your life but also like what what um like i don't know maybe just not bashing miracles anymore. yeah yeah um i mean I, I i i haven't had personally i haven't had like a a crazy sort of uh thing that's happened in my life but i'm i'm a i'm a big believer in um Christ doing things in my life to avoid terrible things happening in my life. So, for for example, I believe that you know by by my parents choosing to move to a country like Australia, um, that's a miracle in and of its own. Um, I don't know what potentially would have happened to me in Egypt. I'm not saying anything would have happened to me in Egypt, um, but that's just one circumstance, one situation where I see. Um, God's, you know, sovereignty on my life and care on my life in that, that I didn't know. I was too young to understand why my parents would move, but I kind of have a better understanding of why that is um, now. Um, and for example, I, I left, um, I dropped out of uni and that was a really significant sort of decision in my life. Um, and a lot of people told me, you know, you're making the wrong decision. This is not right. Uh, but I prayed about that situation and I felt completely comfortable between myself and God um, by making that, that decision. So perhaps that was a miracle in and of its own also, because I don't know what would have happened um, on that other side. So what I'm saying is, what if God is protecting you? What if God is the miracle on a daily basis, protecting you from bad things that, that would have potentially happened? I don't know the other side, but I don't need to know the other side because I trust enough in the person that got me from my today to tomorrow to put my faith in him and to trust him going forward that he who took me from point a to point b will also take me to point c um, if he's leading me out of something and into something else he's going to take care of me in that season and lead me into a new season um, with him so i completely uh, sort of have my trust in in the in the miracle work of the person who uh, is behind the scenes um, as to say but did you have did you have a, a more significant I guess or crazier story that's happened um, in your life oh man I think when I think about miracles so I, I will say right up front I've never seen anyone get healed I've never like you know you know what I would call a miraculous way I've, I've had patients of mine um, where things have happened to them uh, and they said I, I was praying for that and I can't, like, if you ask me to explain how what I'm telling them came to be, I wouldn't be able to explain it, like, in any clear way. I could give you a bunch of potential options of maybe how it's, like, a, you know, not a miracle, but but I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be confident in saying that it, it definitely is not a miracle kind of thing. Um, so I've never, like, seen a classic, uh, you know, someone raised from the dead or whatever, that kind of deal. But, um, uh, but you yeah, know, I've, I've seen a bunch of things in my life uh, that clearly display God's hand at work um, from uh, getting into medicine. Um, those of you who know the story know that I should not have gotten into medicine, um, but don't tell anyone. Um, uh, the, the, you know, uh, getting married to my wife, um, there, there were a bunch of weird little things that, that happened in the lead up to 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 before we we got date we were dating um and and then when I, the day i was going to propose to her uh that are from god and and some of them i specifically asked for 
um, uh, Esther, my daughter, um, a lot of you now know the story about what we went through in terms of uh, thinking that she might have Down syndrome. And, um, uh, you know, like one way to look at it is God reversed something that we saw bad in the original ultrasound. But another way to look at it is that he put out like miraculously, he, he put out hearts and minds at, at, at ease. And, um, you know, he gave me a, the day that we had the ultrasound. I read um, section in Kings that literally was like directly about the, the, the thing that we were about to see later on that day. And I recognized it for that. And I told Sarah, th this is God's promise for Esther is the promise for um, her life and, and for what we're going to see today. And it was, it was precisely what we read. Um, so, you know, and as I'm saying all this stuff, I'm very aware that lots of people could turn around and say, none of those things are miracles. Mm -hmm. um, and yet th there is absolutely no doubt. In my, and I'm not, I'm not a guy who, again, those of you who know me, I'm not a guy that I'm a pessimist. I am, I am a stone cold uh, skeptic. Um, but uh, there is no doubt in, in my mind that these events and many others in my life um, were direct uh, act, act, actions of God. Um, and uh, like talk to my wife, talk to Sarah. She has crazy stories that she could uh, tell you guys. Um, and many of you already know a bunch of them. So there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that God performs miracles. Um, whether it be the crazy, I saw like irrefutable, I saw someone dead. And, and by the way, even the whole like resurrection thing, uh, people still are skeptical of, of stories of like people dying and then coming back from the dead, me included. I hear stories about, um, you know, I was dead for three hours and I went to heaven and blah, blah. And I'm, I roll my eyes and I'm like, well, you know, good for you. And, and I hope that's true, but whatever kind of thing, you know, so you know, I could tell you whatever I wanted uh, and, and you could believe whatever you wanted in what I said. Um, and, and we can hear stories from all over the world. I know of people, people who are like, you know, two or three um, like degrees of separation from me, like family, friends or whatever else who have seen or heard or been a part of some pretty crazy things, visions from God um uh healings demon demons being cast out uh, you know I, I i know i know people who have either directly or indirectly been impacted by things like this so whether we're talking about the overt miracle or the uh subtle miracle um god does them both god does them all god does also like there i am aware on a day-to-day -day basis on a daily basis when i sit down in, in my office and i see people I'm aware that many of them are brought to me by God. I'm aware that many of the situations and circumstances that I'm dealing with um, and, and people who are suffering, I'm aware that I'm the only person probably uh, who they will meet to talk to about this situation that can give them a, a little bit of God in, in their context, uh, whether it be depression or anxiety, whether it be a new cancer diagnosis, whatever it is, like, you know, I am, I am there as someone who believes in, in God and the God who does miracles, but I'm there to be whatever I can be, to hopefully be the cure, but, but also I'm there to be the love and the hands and the feet. And that in and of itself is a miracle. And I'm not 
I never ever would discount that as a significant thing. Um, and we, none of us should ever discount that as a significant thing. So um, yeah, it happens, it happens, it, it happens. And like we said at the beginning, it depends on your perception of reality. If you don't see this world as anything to do with God and, and God has nothing to do with the world, that God doesn't even exist, well, of course, you are going to look at look out on a desolate wasteland of human misery and 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 problems and issues and and uh, no hope. But if you see the world through the lens of what the Bible is going to tell us, you see. Um, a I keep trying to say playground. It's not a playground. It is a. Um, it is a. It's fertile soil for God to do what 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 he wants to do, but he actually wants to do it in partnering with us um, for the sake of relationship and uh, not despite us and not uh, for us, for his glory um, uh, that will then lead to our uh, life, uh, like not just physical, uh, like not physical life, spiritual life, um, and then the lives of others, spiritual lives of others. And um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I th and look, there are many stories in the Bible where even Jesus himself uh, does not heal. Um, uh, like if you want to look something up, I won't read it now. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Um, it says Jesus like went away from a bunch of people that wanted his healing, right? Um, does that make him heartless? Does that make him horrible does that make why would god no no it does not it, it again it's about perception and it's about who you see god as and what you see the world as what you see yourself as and what you see the dynamic or the intention behind god uh, and humanity um uh i think uh I, I don't know how we are for time what do you reckon um i think we should probably wrap it up okay any uh, closing thoughts before we take questions? Uh, yeah, guys, I encourage you, if you've got any burning questions, pop it in the chat um, and we'll, we'll reserve some time to talk about that. But otherwise, we'll wrap up soon. So any take-home yeah, points? So I'll, say, I'll say one more thing um, and then we can perhaps close and do questions maybe in our um, groups or whatever. Um, but one thing that I just wanted to, to point the back to Jesus and say that the greatest miracle to ever happen in the history of mankind was the miracle that happens um, every day where God takes, you know, a rebellious sinner yourself, forgives his sins, grants him life, pours his grace into him and adopts him as a child and seals him for eternity. Um, all because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the miracle of salvation. And I think that that is the main thing of where we, we, we point back to, you know, if you don't have a relationship, if you don't know Christ, that's what he did for you. He chose to take the pain and he chose to take your suffering. Um, and he will continue to do that um, as you ask for forgiveness and you truly seek after him. So the miracle of um, salvation is what I would point it back to. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and open up our eyes, see the world the way God sees it, um, and always make Him the priority instead of instead of our own desires. Because by and large, our own desires for whatever um, are likely to lead us to 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 death and destruction. Um, 
but what God wants, even if it's the absence of the miracle, actually leads to uh, life um, and everything good that could possibly come here on this earth until we wait for the next, next, next chapter of the story. Until the next chapter.